Today's daf discusses how remarrying a woman can override a previous divorce and then allow her to do Yibam. We have another Mishnah that talks about two brothers who marry Katanois and the Yibam situation is there. Then with a little Agatha we discuss things to distance oneself from things to clo- to get closer to some of the yira of being a paisik a dayan. And Rebbe Gamliel Shita, that a katana who falls to Yibam should wait till she's a gadayla until her sister can marry out. Does she need to have a be'ila once she's a gadayla or not? We, get, we begin with the mission that tells us that if someone divorces his wife and then remarries her, since he remarried her, she's no longer considered a grusha and she can do Yibam. However, Rebbe Lazar answers it. And the Bach says it's Rebbe Lezer. So do someone who is Megarish Yisayma and then remarries her, even though she was a Yasim, she's now muttered to do Yibam. Rebbe Lazar says that this case is still Aser. And the final case of Ramishnah, the third and final case, is a Katana, whose father marries her off, and then her husband divorces her, gives her a get. She's disconnected from her father. She's like a Yosoma while her father is still alive. If then her husband remarries her, everyone would agree that she is usher to, re- to do Yibam. That remarriage is only their abundant. So she retains the status of a Grusha. Now the Gemara says, Eifa asks, what's Pshat and Rebbe Lozer in the three cases in our Mishnah where he answers this Katana from doing Yibam? So we have a number of different shitas and why Rebbe Lozer is Machmer. Eifa's answer, the first answer is, since there was a moment before she got remarried to her husband when she was a Grusha, when she was Aser, that Iser retains itself, doesn't go away. But the Rabbanon told Eifa, if it's true that she's usher because there was a moment that she was usher, then she should not be allowed to do chalitza either. She's totally off the table regarding Yibam. And you can't tell me that that's true because the Bryce says that Rabbi Lazar holds that she does do chalitza, she just doesn't do Yibam. So Eifa says, you know, you're right, I don't know the reason for Rabbi Lazar's psak. So Abaye offers us another reason for Rabbi Lazar's iser. He says, Rebbe Lazar is misupik. Where we look to define this girl at the time that she falls to Yibam. Do we look at the moment when she fell for Yibam or at the moment when she uh, she first got married to her husband? If you look at the moment when her husband died, she's ready to do Yibam. She was married to him. She was not a Gurusha at this point. Because they remarried. But if you look at their original marriage, there was that moment when she was a Grusha and therefore she would be Aser. That's where Rebbe says that she's Aser. To do Yibam. Rava, however, gives a third explanation for Rebbe Lazar. And he says, that really Rebbe says, you look at the moment when the husband dies, when she falls for Yibam. The issue is that everyone knows how Gerushin works. So everyone knows that she's a Grusha. Not everyone knows that he remarried her. Nakamura says, really? They got remarried. Everyone knows that they're together again. The Gemara says, Lab Dafka, because it could be that he remarried her at night and died the next morning. 
So no one had the chance to find out that she was no longer a Grusha, that she was remarried to him. Ravashi gives another explanation for Rebbe Lazar. He says that Rebbe Lazar is making a gezeira on the first two cases of our Mishnah, Otu, the seva when she has the din of, of a yosom b'chaye aviha. And then her husband takes her back. And it's actually Mestaver because in the Sefer it says the case where her father marries a Ralph and she's a Katana, then her husband divorces her. So she's totally disconnected from her father now. But then her husband takes her back. Everyone agrees that she's also to do even she has the din of a Grusha. But isn't that Pashut? No. What's it coming to teach me? We're teaching that Rebel Ozer is being Gaiser in the first two cases, or to this Sefer case. In Echanami, that it's Pasha, that when the husband takes her back, that's not a real Chazara because her husband, ha- her father has no Shlita on her anymore. So this new remarriage is just Der Abonon and the Dariraisa Gerushin stands above. We're only teaching it to teach us that Abelazar is Ben Goyzer, the other two cases, or to this case. We have a Braisa that approves of Rebbe Ashi's interpretation of Rebelazar. It says that the Chachamim agreed to Rebelazar in a case where the katana is married off by her father, then the husband divorces her. So now she's disconnected from the father. If the husband takes her back, totally midir abonan, he's married katana, that she's now also to do yibom, because she's still a grusha midir and the remarriage is only a remarriage de abonan. And the Baisa clarifies that that's talking about a case where she was divorced as a katana and remarried as a katana. However, if she was divorced as a katana, so the divorce is deraisa, and he remarries her when she's a gedoyla, or if he remarried her when she was a katana, and then she becomes a gedoyla, and then she falls to Yibam, then her husband dies, she could do chalitza or Yibam in this case. The remarriage would override the gerishin. However, even in this case, Rebbe Lazar says... She can only do chalitza, not yibum. Why? As a gezeira, or to the other cases. In Echanami, in this case, the remarriage was daraisa and overrides the gerishin, but we're geyser that we should not allow her to do yibum. Next, Rabbi asks Rev Nachman, what's the halacha about her co-wives? So he says, look, she herself, we're geyser, not to let her do yibum. We're not going to make a gzeira on a gzeira to her tsaris. Ah, uh, we have a brace that says, B'Shem Rebbe Lazar, that both she and her tsaris do chalitza alone, not yibam. Now, it can't be that they both don't do yibam, because that, right, that would be a gzeira on a gzeira. Elamai, it, it means either her or her co-wives do chalitza. We see that there's no yibam for her tsara. The Gemara says, look, you already pointed out that there's a misinterpretation, that you need to add some words to this b'raisa. So if you're reconfiguring it, this is how you should state it. This wife herself, she can do chalitza. Her co-wives can do chalitza or yibum. So now we have a new mission that tells us. If you have two brothers who marry two sisters, both these sisters are katanos. And then one of the, the husbands dies. So Ruven and Shimon marry to Ketanas. Ruven dies. His wife is Potter to do Yibam because the brother is married to her sister. It's Achoy Sisha. 
The Mishnah points out that this would also apply if they were both charshos, deaf mutes, where the bar is lowered to marriages der abonon. In a case where the brothers married, one was a gudela, one was katana, and then the katana's husband dies, the katana is potter because she just fell to achois isha. She is the achois isha to Shimon. If the Gedoyla died, the Gedoyla's husband died, Sherebelezer says, we tell the Katana to do Mion on her husband so that her husband can do Yibum on the Gedoyla. Rabbi Gamaliel says that we don't force her to do that. If she does Mion, great. If not, then wait till the Katana grows up. If she sticks with her marriage, then the Gedoyla's sister is Potter from Dungibam because his sister, her sister is married to her Yavam. Rabbi Yeshua says that both the Katano and the Gedoyla, the Ishasachiv, are in a terrible position. The Ishasachiv, the Gedoyla does Chalitza, and the Katano, he has to divorce with a get. Because he has a zika to her sister, Midoi Raisa. So the Gemara asks, are we going to allow and encourage the Katana to do miyot? The Raisa brings back Aparo, says that a person should always connect himself to three things and distance himself from three things. He should connect to Chalitza, as opposed to Yibum. Havoas Sholem and Aforas Nedarim. And he should distance himself from Mion, from taking a pikadon, and from signing on to a contract as an orev, as a guarantor. You see, you should not try to encourage a miyam, but the Gemara says when you're doing miyam for a mitzvah, to allow the mitzvah of Yibam to, to transpire with her sister, the Gedela, then it's okay. Now we take apart this Mayim Rabbi Kapara. Why should one connect with Chalitza? This is based on a Braisa Abashol says if someone does Yibam, but for the wrong reasons. If he does it because she's beautiful or for marriage or for some other reason, not for the mitzvah of Yibam. It's as if, it's almost like he's Pagea Be'erva and it's almost, it's close. Abishol says it's almost that their child is a mamzer. So therefore, stick with Chalitza. One should stick with Havoas Shalom, based on the Pasuk, Bakish Shalom Virat Feyu. And Rabbi Avo learns a hekesh of Redifa, Redifa, where the Pasuk says, Bakashon Verasfeu, and the Pasuk also says, Roy Dev Stok of Achesed, Yemotse Chayim Stok of Echovoid. One should stick with Aphorus Nadarim, being Mayfair, annulling his Nadarim, like Rabbi Nosson teaches in Abraisa, that if someone makes a Nadar, it's like he built a Bama. And even if you fulfill your Nadar, it's like you were actually Makar of the Karbon, but you shouldn't have. Been Makarov Karbanas on Balmas either. So avoid Nadarm entirely. The three things to distance from was Mion, because maybe when she grows up she'll regret doing Mion. From being a Pekodoy, and specifically with people who live in your town, because if you are holding on to something from someone else who feels comfortable in your house, he can come in and just walk out with it and then claim that you stole it. And from being a guarantor, specifically in Arve 
Shel Tzion, where Rabbi Yitzchak says that the Pasuk of Raya Ruach, Yorev Zoro'o, Achen Ro'o, Tovil Mekabli, Geirim Lorve, Shel Tzion, Letkoya Atzmanu Devar Alocha. It's going on in this city when it talks about accepting Geirim. That's like Rabbi Chalba who says that Geirim in Klai Yisrael is challenging for Klai Yisrael. And Avishal Tzion is where they would do a, a attach-detach system where as soon as they got a guarantee on a contract, they wouldn't even try to collect it from the person who actually borrowed the money. They would go straight to the guarantor. When the Pesach says, the Braisa, where Yossi tells us, anyone who doesn't have Tyra won't have Tyra. Well, isn't that Pasha? Yeah, really. Anyone who says, I only have Tyra, doesn't have anything but Tyra. Well, yeah. No. Really what it's saying is like this. If someone only has Tyra, he doesn't even have Tyra. Why not? Your papa explains the Pasuk. If someone's learning and does the mitzvahs as well, then he will have his his Tyra in his pocket. But if someone is just learning but does not actually bring it to an asiyah, doesn't take it to action, he doesn't even have Tyra. Alternatively, we'll go back to the original understanding. If anyone says he only has Tyra, he only has Tyra. And that's talking about where he teaches to someone else and then it just goes to waste. He's even going to lose his own Tyra. The Asiyah. <laughs> the third explanation of this drasha is if it was referring to a Dayan. Someone comes up... Shiloh comes before him and he's like, oh, you know, this is similar to another psaac that I heard, so I'm going to pass him like that halacha. Even though he has a Rebbe who he could ask whether this is a good comparison and he doesn't. Like Rav and Rav Shmuel by Nachamini and Rabbi Yonison says that a dying should have a yira within himself. There's a sword lying between his shoulder blades and Gehenim is open beneath him. Based on the pasuk, what was this fear that Shlomo Melech had? That fear of Gehenim, which is compared to night. Paskening is a terrifying thing. It's being kachrayis. Now, Rabbi Gamaliel said back in our Mishnah that if a gedolah is falling to the katana's husband, we try to get the katana to. Uh, if the katana does meon, then great. If not, not. So Relezer asks Rav, why does Gamaliel say we should wait for the katana to grow up? He says, you don't tell her to do me, and wait till she grows up, and then the Gadela will be potter from Yibum as the Achoisisha. He holds that when someone is Mekadesh a katana, it's waiting, it's in limbo. And as soon as she grows up, the Kedushin that she had as a katana matures with her. It activates. Even if, he, if, even if the husband wasn't boil her when she grows older. Is that true? Or maybe the second that she grows up, she becomes a gadayla. Her sister, the gadayla, is automatically potter from Ibom and he doesn't need to be boil her. So Rav answers that Rabbi Gamaliel actually holds 
that as, when the katana grows up and becomes a gadayla, the husband must be her in order to patter the gadayla from Yibum. When Avshesh has heard this halacha, he says, you know, I think Rav was sleeping when he said this over. The Brisa says that when someone is Makadash or Katano, that Kedushin is in limbo. What does that mean? It means that the moment that she grows up, she doesn't need Be'ila. The Kedushin grows up with her. It matures. It activates the moment she's a Kedushin with or without Be'ila. However, Rav and Bereder of Nachman t- tells Rav Sheishas, don't be so surprised by Rav Sak. When this Katana grows up, Shitaka needs Be'ila. In order for it to be Dairaisa. Because she can say, look, we both have something on each other. He has the Kayak over me, he can give me a Gert. And when she's a Katana, she had the power to do Miyun. She was Mesupik, her entire Katnus, whether the husband would actually be Bailo when she was a Gadol. A Gadola. So we can't be Soimech on her Das as a Katana. That Kedushan as a Katana was. Toloi on the be'ila that they would have when she becomes a g'dayla. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.